welcome back to the Grand Prix Girls podcast. If you're a returning listener, thank you for coming back. If you're new, welcome and enjoy the chaos. Today, we will be talking about the rookies of the 2023 season. So without further ado, let's get started. So we will be talking about the situation for rookies now versus what it was like before. And Chessie, would you like to start us off? Sure. I think it's harder now than it used to be for rookies because you don't get to be the test driver the way that you did before. Like I remember like in the 90s, rookies would be test driving a car for a whole season around a track, like the entire season long. So you've got this amount of time to get used to the car. That's not to say that drivers didn't make the jump straight from one of the feeder formulas into a Formula One car and perform. Of course they did. But a lot of the time they had more time in the car to adjust to it. And I think the F1 cars are so different from the F3 and the F2 cars that you need you need more time and we need to adjust expectations. But I don't know what Sarah thinks. I agree. I definitely agree. Um, I think this season we saw a lot of with specifically Logan Sargent, a lot of the, oh, he didn't do great. Like, let's just, let's just throw him away. Let's move on to the next one. Hope the next one does better. And I think with the way we, you know, Formula One deals with rookies and not getting that time in the car as much as you used to, I get that they still get those free practices, but I don't think anyone anyone realistically can believe that that is enough time to adjust to a Formula One car um, and hit the ground running. And so I think we have to be a little more realistic with our goals for what they're going to achieve over one season. And I think we have to get back to that mindset. I'm sure there's some people that are like, everyone keeps saying two seasons, two seasons. We have to give them two seasons. There's a reason we're saying it. There's a reason you're seeing it. It's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You can't expect them to come out in the first, well, first race or the first season and just be like podium, getting podiums left and right. Like there are cases where that happens, but that's not the realistic standards that should be set for the rookies coming in. I mean, thinking back to just like Russell, Norris and Albon, because they all started in the same year and they were in a Williams, a McLaren, and what was then Toro Rosso, but Alpha Tauri. Their first race, none of them made it into the top 10. And I don't think anyone at the time was like, throw them out, in the bin, get them gone. Done with them now. They can't perform. Like, Russell DNF'd twice in his rookie season. Norris six times. Albon only once. And Albon made it into the top yeah. 10, I think, 13 times. But that Alpine is an exceptional driver and we've seen that in the Williams and I just think we need to be more fair. So we are going to be talking about the first rookie which we are going to be talking about Nick DeVries. Yes. Yes. Sarah would you like to start? I, I think we alluded to probably some of this in our 2023 awards 2023 recap but he was probably one of the most I think I had him for the most overrated and it was because he was so hyped up coming in to Formula One like we were talking about him and I'm not gonna say me but we as a as a fan base seem to be talking about him like he was this godsend to Formula One. And I think if we're going to talk about like most overrated, that didn't happen. That wasn't even close to happening. But I remember like I think it was Will Buxton had tweeted out beforehand. Was it Will Buxton? So I, There was someone that had tweeted out like. Actually, there were a lot of people that tweeted out really in support of him. And it was just like, well. Where did that happen? Where did that go? How did we get it this wrong? And then I don't think anyone thought Oscar was going to do poorly, but like the comparison between how DeVries was talked about after one 
you know, filling in for Alex Albon the one time versus Oscar is is an insane difference for how they actually ended up performing. Yeah, I think the the Monza last year definitely set the expectations so unrealistically high for DeVries. And then Mm -hmm. I think when he comes in, came into the season and I don't know about in America, but in Britain on Sky Sports, it was reported that he said he didn't feel like a rookie. He didn't class himself as a rookie. Yeah, I think he compounded that high expectation. And it's not that he's a bad driver. We all know that if you're in the car, it's because you can drive a car, right? That's the baseline. We all understand that. But the car wasn't the same that he was driving at Monza. The team was different. The Williams at Monza, it was suited to that circuit. Right. You're also comparing him to the teammate that was in the Williams at the time, Latifi, who hadn't given the best performances over his seasons in Formula One. So there was a very different <laughs> landscape. Yeah. yeah. In that. And it wasn't... I see where DeVries is coming from saying he didn't feel like a rookie. He had been in Formula E... And he'd performed relatively well in Formula E. He'd won the championship. So I understand why he didn't feel that way. But I think when you're coming into the into Formula One, when it is such a substantial difference, you don't do anything to raise that expectation any higher than it already is. Like, don't make that bar no. insurpassable. <laughs> like, I think that was yeah. maybe a time to keep... Yeah. And yeah. It, it... Keep those thoughts inside. Yeah. And I mean, I think it the letdown was almost inevitable because of yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, right. I think yeah. no matter how he had performed, it would not have actually been obtainable compared to how he was hyped up to be. So it was always going to be a letdown. I don't think anyone well Okay, I'm not going to say that. I don't think many people or the majority of people predicted that this would happen. Really don't think so. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, that's why I switched to majority because there were a couple people that predicted it. And I think maybe we should have known, knowing how Red Bull likes to treat their rookies recently, in recent years. It's not that shocking. When you look back at it, but I think it's a little surprising the quick turn of events from we're going to talk about him like he's incredible to we're just going to pretend he never existed. Yeah, never existed. Yeah, I think that's something that's somewhat unique to Red Bull Alpha Tauri. You know, we yeah. have seen before, as you say, that the treatment hasn't been the rookies haven't had the greatest time. Yeah, in the team, we'll yeah. whichever whichever yeah, we'll team it is, whether it's Red Bull or its sister AlphaTauri, and the teams have received substantial criticism for it. Some of it warranted, some of it not. But I think the DeVries situation could have and should have been handled better. You know, yeah. you yeah. you didn't even give him one full season in the car. His times were not so substantially off his teammates in race performance that it was costing you that much, you know, like right. the, the yeah. performance between the two drivers was not so insurmountably different that you need to cut him loose before the summer break even comes. Like give him yeah. at least this season. Yeah. Like he wasn't, he wasn't costing you substantial amounts of money in crashes. Like obviously we don't know what the sim data was. Maybe the sim data was significantly worse and it was right. just look, looking at this, there's no progression here. There's no development over the right. part of the first half of the season that he's been in. <laughs> so we need to do something. I just think they could have handled it better. And to yeah, fire him and then immediately have all of these, welcome back, Danny. Like you could wait a day. A d- something. One day, two days, three days. A day. A week yeah. would be best. You've just fired someone. Be considerate you can have the of... excitement and the, the Ricardo hype train leave the station 24 hours later. <laughs> like, I don't think yeah. anyone's going to be devastated. I don't think your share prices are going to fall substantially because you've not hyped up Danny Ricardo 
for 24 hours. I think he's okay. And you can yeah. easily go board and say, like, we know what we're doing. We're going to put Danny in the car. It's going to be fine. He's an experienced driver. So the share prices, don't worry about it. You can set that stability without yeah. posting all over social media and acting as though your rookie driver never existed. Because they did. Yeah. He just disappeared from social media until the end of the season and Alpha Tauri posted him in like a photo dump and it was like a little late yeah. okay you're acknowledging him now a little late I yeah think. i think it was also interesting yeah. when Fran- france tost came out and said that he didn't want nick to reason the car it was horner that wanted him in the car right and i think when you get those sorts of comments coming out as well rightly or wrongly I think it just, it makes the environment, it makes fans question the environment that rookies are in, in those teams. Like how supportive is the environment in the team? I mean, yes, his average times were slower than Yuki, but Yuki's been in the car and the team longer. Right. He's, he, he went, he was in Red Bull development program. So he's had the experience of that. Whereas DeVries hasn't, he's come from the Mercedes development program to the Red Bull one. And was expected to outperform his teammate, which I think is an unrealistic expectation on a rookie. It is. It is. And then to treat him that way certainly gave the impression to a lot of fans that there is some toxicity in the environment that that particular rookie was in. Granted, I don't necessarily think I want him back in Formula One. No. But I would have at least given him the season. You know? Yeah. I don't think it was handled well. Yeah. Mm-mm, not at all. No, exactly. But I think some people have what it takes for Formula One and some yes. don't. Yes. And it's not that he's a bad driver. It's just he's not an F1 driver. No. And that's perfectly fine. Not everyone makes it to Formula no. One. Only 20 drivers can. Mm. And not even all of those 20 are successful each season. No. As we have seen. True. Or no. What, 22 drivers this season? Yeah. 22, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I could have guessed 21. I didn't think I was going to get... I wouldn't have guessed 22. No. Just, no. I wouldn't have. No. 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 It was the fact that when Lawson came in, they'd had more drivers than points at that moment. (laughs) Like, there's something really (gasps) wrong with... This is still when that is happening, I feel. But. I think you just have to get yeah. a chuckle at that point because you do. that was a terrible... I, I mean, we've seen some bad statistics in Formula mm. One and over the last couple of years, just like ones that don't make you look good. That's got to yeah. be one of that the one. worst. <laughs> That's got to be one of the worst. That's not a great one. Yep. No contest. It takes the cake mm. on that. Yeah. 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 Very sad cake. (laughs) A flaw. Especially because it was a decently long time in the season for that to like it was it was that lasted a a while. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it really (laughs) did last a little bit too long, but so yeah. I mean he liked the pace. Yeah. He I think there were there were valid reasons that he lost the seat. Yeah. I just don't necessarily agree with doing it before he's finished the first season. Like, give him time to adapt. To the yeah. Yep. I think it would have been valid to not re-sign him, sign Daniel Ricciardo, or sign Liam Lawson. Um, I think that would have been completely valid just at the end of the season. Yeah. And I think that's something that speaks to looking at someone's career up to the point that point as a whole as well. Yeah. I mean, when you look to Formula 3 and Formula 2, this wasn't like a George Russell or a Charles Leclerc or an Oscar Piastri winning in their rookie seasons. It was a good few seasons before Nick DeVries got those performances right. in those formulas. Yeah. So I think you could have looked to that and been like, yeah, he does generally need a little bit more time to adapt to the car. Perfectly fine. Yep. So set your expectation a little more realistically. Yeah. I say not having any of the data <laughs> other than the lap times on the race. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it also makes you wonder 
it makes you wonder if Red Bull had thought of that. I'm sure they did, mm-hmm. but if they had thought of that and been realistic about it, would they have wanted a driver where it takes more time, knowing that they don't necessarily like to give their rookies a lot of time or even sometimes a full season? And knowing that they've brought in this experienced driver as their third driver in Red Bull, who they know can perform in a car, and they could have put him in it from the beginning. Okay. The next rookie we are talking about is Logan Sargent. (laughs) I don't have any of think. I don't think she even knows his name, do you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not so. No clue. No idea. No idea. What was Don't know his name. Huh? Who? What? what was it? Log? Log and a sergeant. Log? Log Major? I don't know. Hunter. Hunter was the name. Major. Hunter Majors. No, um, it's a topic that I feel very strongly about. Shocking. <laughs> I've gotten into a couple discussions in some group chats. Okay, arguments maybe, perhaps. I I tend to get a little defensive of good old Logie Sarge. However, I don't think I'm the only one here that does. Lo- I don't I'm know. Sorry, <laughs> Just like, like I wonder who it is. Couldn't be me. Must be behind the chair. Yeah, we need a minute. Um, I, we... I think we are very large defenders of Logan Sargent, regardless of our feelings, the hatred that he has gotten, the absolute just refusal to consider that drivers may need more than a season is just ridiculous to me, especially when it's well known. And we've seen him develop over the season has it been slow yes i don't think you can look at the last five or six races though and compare them and say he was exactly the same as in the first six races there has been development and he's a fast driver he showed that he can push that car to go so fast his issue is doing it cleanly and that is a thing that happens that that can get better over time and practice and testing and people working with you to help you put yeah. together a clean lap. I think there's a lot of criticism of him, of him that's valid because definitely Alex carried that team this season. Do I think Logan Sargent is the next Charles Leclerc, is the next Lando Norris, is the next Max Verstappen? Absolutely not. I think you can like a driver And you can want them to get a fair chance in Formula One and also know he might not be around for that long. He may not go to a top team, you know, but I I still think that the criticism of him is unfair. And it drives me nuts when I see people that just parrot the same thing that are very not new to the fan base, because you can be very knowledgeable and be new to the fan base, but to have people that really don't care and just say things to just say things because they've heard other people say it and not look into the facts, not look into how other people develop. And I think it bugs me because we've seen other rookies struggle in Williams before. I mean, I mentioned it before, Russell didn't have a perfect first season. Like, did he have the same number of DNFs? No, but then look at Albon last year in the car. He had, what, five DNFs? Sergeant, okay, he had seven. But right, not all of those DNFs were him crashing, just like not all of Albon's were him crashing. Some of them are reliability issues with the car, which we've touched on before. Right. The reliability of the Williams car. And he, when you look at his... When you look at his lap times, like you say, he has the pace. It's not like he's a second off his teammate. He's consistently within that time with him. And there are times where his fastest lap that has counted has been faster than Alex's. Yeah. Like, and I don't think you're going to have a team principal like James Vowles, who was very, very clear that the decision is going to be data driven. Whenever he was asked during the season, oh, are you going to keep Sergeant? 
he was consistently saying, well, it's far too early to be thinking about that. You know, we're X number of races in. There are more factors than yeah. just DNFs. There's more factors than just where you finish. It's it's the development of the weekend. It's understanding what, as a rookie, he needs. Because there is. It's, it's give and take with the team. It's not like every rookie oh is going to have yeah. the same requirements. Some drivers might get in the car and already know how to develop a weekend. Some drivers will get in and that's what they need to work on. Some don't have the pace and they have to work on that. Some of them have to get to grips with the strategy. Some of them don't. You know, it's different. And James Vowles very much demonstrated his understanding of what Logan needed. And you saw it throughout the season, race on race, Logan was working at things, was developing, was looking at his performance, analyzing what he needed to do, and then trying to do it. Was it always successful? No, but it's not always going to be, even for the more experienced drivers. Yeah. But his lap pace in the race is there. He has the speed, which is, I would say, arguably yeah. the harder thing to teach someone. Oh my gosh, yeah. You can teach someone how to handle strategy. You can teach someone how to develop a car. You can teach yeah. someone how to develop a weekend. I don't think you can teach someone how to have pace. No. Right. You've got it or you don't. And he's got it. And it's let him let him have the two seasons. And I think James Vowles has made the the data was clearly supporting that decision. And I, I was glad when he was resigned and I was glad that James had said that because I do feel it put a few people back into their place because you know that James was aware of what was being said. And he he said something that was very clearly like, this is a data-driven decision. I'm going to base it on the data. I've resigned him. Clearly he's got it. So... I think when you talk about the the DNFs and the amount of damage done to, like, Qatar yeah, exactly. is another yeah. one that I think you have to that throw out. That does not count. I do not blame anyone for, I think there are actually drivers that I would have preferred that they DNF there. Oh, 100%. People like Lance Stroll that were passing out. No. I don't think he had any business. No. I don't think it was a safe no. decision for him to be continuing on in that race. So I, I think you throw that one out. And when you look at the 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 amount of damage done, yeah, there were some very experienced drivers that were not that far off. When you talk about how expensive some of these parts are, yes, to the uh, untrained eye, or if you don't know the cost of some of these things, it may look like a bigger gap. No, but I mean, and I do recognize like. The monocoque and the the Las Vegas certainly did bring that that number up, but it didn't start off that far off. And yeah, everyone believes him mm -hmm. is considerably more experienced than Logan. And we, I mean, we saw in Miami, Charles Leclerc put it into the same wall twice. Like, and everyone was like, "Oh, he's the crash. He's this. He's terrible. Terrible." It's like, okay, well. We can already tell like sometimes people will have crashes. Sometimes you lose control of the car. Sometimes yeah. the setup isn't quite right. We're having you're talking about someone who is trying to push a car to the absolute limit that it can do. Sometimes you're gonna get it wrong. And Logan is a yeah. rookie. Yeah. Sometimes he's gonna get it wrong. But he's learning. Like I can't you don't expect someone who starts in their first day of a job to get everything right 100% of the time know how to do it no faults no errors like it's a process this is like the induction for him like this season it's your induction season yes um, it's a marathon not a sprint it's yeah. gonna take time to get to the level that he needs to exactly. that they need to be at any rookie honestly exactly and it's yep. I was glad that Williams was supportive of him I was glad that he was clearly in an environment that understands me too people and what they need james vows 100 james amazing james vows i uh everything that james mm. had to say about him in the yeah. video after they re-signed him how supportive he's been just he incredible. gives so much information as well and i think that's important yeah as a team principal when he's talking about race performance qualifying the recaps free practice it's not just oh yeah he doesn't just parrot a media line it's not like, oh, well, we gave it our all. Or, oh, well, you know, we, do, we don't know what other people are running, the fuel load, the tyre, like, et cetera. No, he actually gives you more. So you can understand how in a debrief for a rookie, how he's interacting with Logan and how beneficial that would yeah. be. You've also got Logan paired with Alex Albon, 
who is such an incredible driver, there's no way he's not learning from Albert. So I think Williams have done the the car not great. The driver pairing, wholeheartedly agree with. Resigning Excellent. Logan, hundred percent agree yep. with the decision. Yes, he crashed too many times, and for a budget, yep. for a team that small, yep. problematic. But it's simultaneously a business and a sport. And I was glad that they made the decision based on the sport and not the business. Yes. I think it's the right way to do it. Granted, if after two years, those mistakes, you cannot clean them up. And honestly, I don't expect that to happen. I'm going to say I predict that he's going to be able to clean, clean some of those mistakes up and just be a fast driver. Because I we've had really great drivers that have had track limit issues in qualifying and lost lap times we gotta stop seeing drivers as only their mistakes yeah i mean max verstappen dnf like five times in his first season max verstappen so let's and now he's a three-time world champion yeah so let's 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 cut logan's slack like i think it's quite rare to jump into the williams and immediately get points. Now, did Albon yeah. jump into the Williams and get points? Yes, but he wasn't a rookie when he did it. He had already had the experience. Right. He wasn't a rookie. Oh, and he had something to prove. He knew yes. what that loss of F1 felt like. You're not going to compare Alex Albon fighting to come back to Formula One. Had experience in a Red Bull to someone that's never driven an F1 car. There's yeah. going to be a difference. And Logan like did well in his FP1 sessions last season. Yeah. So, yeah, I just... He did. Yeah. just He did. Give Logan the extra season. Well done, James. We're proud of you. We appreciate that. One of the things that bugged me about Logan, too, was the idea that, oh, because they hadn't re-signed him yet, every week would be like, well, why are they waiting? Why are they waiting? 100%. It was a well-done media strategy. And I think I talked to you guys, I realized it in Vegas, because we were like, well, maybe they're waiting for Vegas, like it's a it's a US race. And it was when I realized at what point during a race weekend, especially Vegas or Abu Dhabi, at what point would you get the attention that you're kind of hoping for from a driver announcement? Because a driver announcement drives a lot of traffic to all your socials, to your website, to your merch, to everything and at what point during a race weekend especially those last two would it have would it have gotten any attention you know you do it early on you do it your first day and something happens in free practice like it would have been overshadowed by carlos and the you know the the issue the manhole cover it would have been overshadowed by you know so many things if you announce it right before a race and they have a terrible performance it's not great you know and you can't be waiting to see oh how does this race go do we have to pull it do we not there's no point during a race weekend for them to announce logan Sargent and it be the most successful launch you could have i didn't understand why people kept saying why haven't they announced him why haven't they announced him when james bowles had made it very very clear they were waiting till the end of the season. They were going to review everything and then make that decision. He he wasn't saying, oh, just you wait. It's coming. Yeah. No, he, he made it really clear. And yet people were constantly like, it's going to be this driver instead. They're putting this driver in the car. What? The yeah. drivers that already had other contracts mm. for the coming year that they're not going to just sack off, you know? And this is something that really, really frustrated me. It's like, you think that they're going to replace one rookie after one season with another rookie. So they're going to sack off all of the work helping Logan develop that they've done this season to start all over again with another rookie when you could look at the data, make an informed decision, and if the data supports keeping him, keep him. And if the data doesn't, evaluate all of your options. There's no, there's no guarantee that you replace that rookie and the one you replace him with is going to do any better. You still have the situation of they have to get used to the car. Right. So you can put your money on the one who is getting used to the car, clearly showing development, the data shows he's improving, or randomly choose another rookie. 
there was a disconnect. Yeah. I think I get why maybe some people thought that because yes, do I think some of those drivers yeah. maybe would have had a better first season? Yes, but you're not looking for a better first season. Yeah. You're hoping for continued development and you're expecting someone brand new then to be substantially better than a someone entering their second year that's had time to adjust that now knows all the tracks because he wouldn't have known all the tracks before that's a that's a hefty reach even if you're a fan of those f2 drivers that's a hefty reach and that's not one that someone's going to want to bet you know a couple big big bucks on a couple couple dollars you know just small change you're not going to want to bet that money yeah and i think people need to remember it is simultaneously a business and a sport it's not just one and you can't ignore the business side i'm not saying yeah i'm not saying that the business side should be the most important but it comes into it i'm excited to see what he does next year um i think we give him a season i think we need to almost not give him a completely clean slate but i think some people need to look at what they said about him tone down their expectations for rookies maybe reevaluate some of the standards they have yes. or the things they say about Absolutely. drivers they don't like mm-hmm. um and i let think we let him show us what let he can cook. do at the second season you in let that him car. cook let him cook so the next rookie we are going to be talking about is Liam Lawson, who he briefly replaced Daniel Ricardo in Zanfort when he broke a metacarpal bone in his hand. First topic that we kind of wanted to discuss about him is should he have a seat? Probably not right now, obviously. Eventually. See, I would. I want him in that seat. I want to see what he can do. I know it's yes. going to take some time. I want to see that happen sooner rather than later. I'm not going to lie. I would have been fine with him keeping that seat. I hate to say it. I would have been fine too. Yeah, I think absolutely he should be in that Alpha Tower seat. Absolutely. He it's, should. Firstly, it's the junior team and the purpose of it is the development of junior drivers. And he's the junior driver. So yes, he should be in it. And while his performance was limited, we only saw it over a few races, like five races, he showed incredible pace. He outperformed his teammate and he got into the points twice. And that's impressive. Yeah. Like to jump into that car and manage to get what he did out of it Yes, he's a Red Bull Academy driver. He was the reserve driver, so he will have been doing sim work more than, say, DeVries was doing. Like, that is important to recognize. But you look at his performance in Super Formula as well, it was incredibly impressive. His feeder formula performance was impressive. There is a reason he was a Red Bull Academy driver. And there's a reason that he is their reserve driver. And I, I think when you, if you have a junior team, the purpose of which is the development of drivers, you put the rookie in the team, especially when they have done that performance. And I'm not saying that you fire Danny Rick. Of course you don't do that. But Danny Rick's the third driver. There's a legitimate argument saying we didn't want to cut into his super formula season. Yeah. Like he was performing well. We didn't want to like end that and bring him straight into Formula One. We didn't have a choice at this point in time because, Mm -hmm. you know, our third driver's injured now. There was an argument to be made that, all right, we can let Danny Ricardo finish, like, fully rehab, take the rest of the season. We can have him doing the sim work. We can have him working with Liam Lawson on the development of the car, the development of strategy, and keep Lawson in the car. Or yep. you assign Lawson for next season, which I think is what they should have done. Yeah, I will be real honest. I was in the camp, and I... There's nothing against Daniel Ricciardo. I think he's had phenomenal performances in Formula One. I think he is a great driver, but he's not a junior driver. I think no. Liam Lawson should have gotten that seat. He's not a junior driver. It's a junior team. 
Liam Austin is a junior driver. Liam Austin is a great driver from what he showed us. And I think he deserved that seat. And I do think it sucks that we're going to have to wait till at this point, unless Red Bull pulls a Red Bull, which is not the most out there thing. And I think can happen with Red Bull and AlphaTauri. I think we're looking at 2025 for him. At the earliest, yeah. Obviously, you never know what'll happen with Perez, Ricardo, Lawson, that whole situation. Realistically, who knows? We may see him back in F1 sooner, sooner than 2025. I would love to see it because I would love to see what he can do for a whole season and not just the five races. Yeah. Now, obviously, we know yeah. that Danny was helping him out. We know that Danny was was coaching him as well. Like, we saw him doing that. But we can't ignore that throughout the time that Danny was in the car, Liam was the one in the simulator. So it, it's gone both ways. And I think mm-hmm. Liam Lawson has shown, I think he showed something really special. And I, I look forward to he when did. he's back in Formula One to see what he can do. I think we got a glimpse of that when we first saw yes. him knock Max out in that quali mm. in Singapore. I think we all we could see the the specialness that is Liam Lawson, and I just I I kind of am excited for more moments like those. No. Not necessarily mind knocking it. Max out. I would yeah. okay. It makes him in races a little more interesting. But I I do think there's something there, and I just yeah. want him to get a seat so bad. Well, and just his attitude when he came in for those five races, he was like, I know I'm not going to be in this for the rest of the season, but he's like, I'm just going to take the time I have in it and like enjoy it while it's lasting, because I know yeah. it's not forever, and like try to learn as much as he can and get out of it, which admirable. I hope that he does get that seat with Red Bull, because I think he deserves it. And I would rather see him get that seat with Red Bull or Alpha Tauri. Um, and, but I would rather, we'll go with a Red Bull team <laughs> because there's two. <laughs> I know, one's the, now one is the um, junior team. I would, one's the, was supposed to be, supposed to be. Yeah. So I think they're separate. I do think he will play a role in the coming silly season though. Hmm. But I think there's a lot of people that will play roles in the upcoming silly season. I think it's going to be insane. But I hope Liam Lawson comes out of it with the seat, please. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. I just want to see what he can do with a full season. Or a full two seasons. Yeah, does he he match the performance? Was it a one-off? Does he outperform it? You know, who knows? It's going to be interesting, though. One to watch. Definitely. The last rookie we are going to be talking about today is Mr. Oscar Piastri. Rookie of the year. Who's Sarah's got the pastry jersey on right now. Mr. Oscar Pastry Piastri. Talk about knocking it out of the park in your rookie season. He did. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Talk about. I mean. Unfortunately for other rookies, Oscar Piastri exists. <laughs> he did really perform. <laughs> he set the bar. Yeah, because you don't want to be doing your rookie season at the same time as someone who's able to do what Oscar did this season. Did he have a perfect season? No. No, no. one has a perfect season except for Like, no, Max Verstappen didn't win two races. So even Max didn't have a perfect season. <laughs> rookie season, getting into the car. His times are insane. Yeah. His development of a weekend, phenomenal. Oh, yeah. His understanding of the car, exceptional. Like, he is he is the exception to the rookie rule. I, I think like we have to talk about that. Yeah. The yes. exception to the rookie rule. 100%. Piastri is what you dream of when you sign a rookie. It's not what any of the teams are. I think we have to be realistic. The teams are not expecting an Oscar Piastri every single time they sign a rookie. We should not be expecting an Oscar Piastri out of every single rookie. And it's almost unfair to compare them to Oscar because just of how much of a phenomenal season he's had. And we're not going to see that all the time. We're not. No. And that's what makes it so special. That It makes it so special. Two podiums, 11 top tens, and a sprint race win. Yeah. Yeah. It makes like, me 
wish I mean there's a lot about McLaren that makes me wish that car had been better at the beginning of the season mm. um I, I I want it for Lando I wanted it for Oscar but I I would be intrigued to know what that season would have looked like had that car started out less of a tractor yeah and I think he really he went into that his rookie season and he really shut everyone up he did because all of the season beforehand like from the summer when it was out when the debacle of the contract happened and it came out the criticism of Oscar Piastri was absolutely outrageous. Hand on my heart, if I had been him, I would have been suing for defamation. Hand on my oh, heart, I yeah. would have sued because it was disgraceful. It was a flat out lie what was being said about him. And the fact that without any of the knowledge, all of the media pundits were peddling the same thing. He's disloyal. He's done this. He has a valid contract with with um, Alpine. He didn't. Weber isn't an idiot. Mark Webber is not an idiot. This is his, him as a manager, managing a rookie, is not going to be allowing this sort of thing happen. If Oscar's saying he doesn't have a contract, it's because he is 100% certain he doesn't have a contract. There is no way Mark Webber puts his entire reputation and business on the line if he is not 100% sure. And no one was looking at it from that perspective. It was all... Well, Alpine say he has a contract, so he must. Well, Alpine also said that Fernando Alonso was their priority. So how have they given a contract to Oscar if they were planning on signing Fernando? But there was no criticism of Alpine. It was all this, oh, you go into your Formula One career, that's starting it off badly. No, (laughs) the way you're talking about him is what's starting it off badly. He did nothing wrong. Mark Webber did nothing wrong. There is someone... There is a team that definitively dropped the ball and and that's Alpine. You had Oscar Piastri. You didn't put him in a car despite having won his rookie F3 and his rookie F2. It was almost criminal not to have him in the car. But you didn't. You sat him on the sideline for a season. And then instead of providing him with a contract at any point in time, they you didn't. barely provided him with a contract to be a reserve driver. It took them yeah. forever. And if you do not know what we're talking about with this, please read through the Ugh. timelines of them giving the contract and pre-contract. the term sheet and the pre-contract yeah. and what they had done with that because it is just appalling. And when I say Alpine fucked it, they horrendous missteps on their part just they fucked it terrible they fucked it <laughs> they did they did they completely just fuck it was just shit and we will definitely be touching on the media and legal debacle in more depth another yep. time we will but it is important to put oscar's rookie season into the correct context <laughs> I, mm-hmm. it drives me nuts though because the the apology didn't come. It didn't no, come. No. It didn't come from no. Drive to Survive, who at the point that Drive to Survive aired, we knew the story. And they continued yeah. to push that narrative. And I am so glad that he got to show all of these people up. But I still wish that apology would come for him because I still think he's owed it by everyone. Oh my gosh. I think no matter how good he does or would have done, like there's almost no amount of performance you could deliver that would make some people now see you as anything besides what was peddled. Yeah. Which sucks. I think there's a lot yeah. of people that realize they messed up. I think there's a lot of people that are trying to it? pretend they never no. thought that. No, they're not acknowledging it. No. Um and I just think he's a class act because if that situation yes. had happened to me, I would be fighting, screaming, crying. Crying. Suing for defamation, slander, libel, whatever I could sue yeah. for. Yep. I would yep. be suing. <laughs> Give me all the litigation. Let's go. <laughs> Give, me. Give me a smorgasbord yeah. of litigation. I will pick what I want and go with it. Like, I want a smorgasbord of it all. Yeah. 
I would not be able to keep my anger, my frustration. No. It'd be heartbreaking. Yeah. It'd be devastating. Imagine you wake up and you're in a different time zone. You wake up and a team that has refused to give you a contract despite your manager repeatedly asking for one and you being you seeing in the media that the other driver is is their priority you wake up to see an announcement on twitter that you've you're going to be driving for them and you yeah. issue a very clear statement that 100% was approved by legal and then people who have never met you who haven't even watched you in F3 and F2 are talking about your loyalty right they're saying that you are disloyal that you are not professional that you don't deserve a seat, that you should be paying them back because they've they've invested all this money. Yeah, let's clear one thing up. Alpine were going to invest that money in a driver, whether it was Oscar or someone else, because that's how it works. Yep. Right. He owes them nothing. He did the job they paid him to do. Under the terms of the contract he had at the time, he owed them nothing more than what he had done. Like, yes, people on Twitter were having a great time with it, retweeting it and saying, like, what a great tweet it was. but. All of the people that you potentially respect in this sport, who have a voice in this sport, who have influence in this sport, saying these things about you is heartbreaking. Oh my God. Especially when you had previously told the people at Alpine when they said, oh, we're announcing it. You had told them prior to that point, I don't have a contract. You didn't give me one. When they brought it up, he went to them again and said, you know, I am not driving here next year because that's out there now. That is a fact that is out there. And they still did it. Like every single aspect of it was bungled from the get go. And it's two two whole (sighs) episodes of Drive to Survive were about this. And it has to be the most embarrassing thing for Alpine now. It looks so bad. It should. They deserve it to look bad. That story was even really making Alpine look better than it should have in there. Mm. But it just... Oh, it was not an accurate representation or portrayal of the situation and the gravity of the situation. But it shows Oscar's level-headedness, which we saw in the car. You know, we saw it in the car. You hear very experienced drivers losing it on the radio. I would be. And I know that everyone plays the game. You play the game, you want the penalty on the other guy, 100% of course you do. That's You get on the radio, you do what you can, right? I totally understand that. But you've got someone who crashes into you or cuts you up or moves under braking. It's like, yeah, yeah, he moved under braking. Yeah, yeah, he collided with me a bit. Yeah, I think I've got some damage. Like, yeah. Mate, how are you this calm? Whatever it is that you do to get this calm, can you please tell me what it is? I did compare Alpine's treatment of Oscar Piastri and likened it to when a guy dumps a girl for someone else. Yeah. She then, he then doesn't, it doesn't work out with the new girl. Shocking. Yep. And he wants the other girl back. And she's like, it's 100% that. No, no, I'm good, thanks. Like, I'm. I'm actually kind of happy over here. I'm on to better things. And he's criticizing her, like, how dare you not want me after I rejected you for someone else? <laughs> That's the audacity to not want to drive, like, be with me. The audacity. And McLaren's over there wanting him. And McLaren's like, please, we will pay a guy 16 million not to be in the car so that you can be in it. Huh. I wonder who I'm going to choose between. I wonder. And he has said since that McLaren really wanted him. They really wanted him in that mm-hmm. car. Well, they gave him a contract. You're going to go with where you feel what. Granted, you're going to go with who's going to give you a contract at that yeah. point. But also, they probably could have wanted him less and he still would have yeah. wanted to go there. Like, I feel it's like the literal embodiment of put up or shut up. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Except Alpine did neither. Yeah, they didn't put up and they certainly didn't shut up. They didn't put their money no. where their mouth was either. But, no. you know. Yeah. But despite everything that was the lead up to his rookie performance, that guy... Blew it all out of the park. Exceptional. Exceptional. Yep. I mean, he was exceptional in F3. He was exceptional in F2. But to then be exceptional in F1. I read something that said he is the first rookie to lead any race format since 2013. I mean, he's done the best performance since Hamilton. Yeah. And that, that's 
seven-time-old champion we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Like, Granted, he's still a rookie. He's not perfect. Yeah. His race pace needs to... His race pace needs to get a little bit better, you know. He's still got things to go, but for one year in an F1 car... And his lap time's not that cooked. far off of his teammate. He cooked. He no. baked. He baked. He baked. Pastry baked. He baked. Pastry baked. Mm-hmm. baked. He yep. Yeah. So we need to just let Oscar cook, let Logan cook, and hope that Liam Lawson, we see him we'll cook soon. Cook. soon. We'll yeah. soon cook. Yeah, I like that. We'll soon cook. <laughs> yeah. We'll soon let cook. Logan cook. Let Oscar cook. And let's hope that Liam Lawson gets to Logan. cook. <laughs> and I hope DeVries gets to cook somewhere else. Somewhere yeah. better suited for him. Yes. That won't throw him yes. out after a couple races. Yeah. 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 Yep. yeah. I think he's yeah. in, like if he's gone back to Formula E, I think it's I personally think that's the right decision for him. He did well I think in Formula so too. E, why not go back? Yeah. I think we have this idea that Formula it's Formula One or nothing. Or and nothing. No, there's a lot of other great racing series out yeah. there. And sometimes those are the right places. And we will have a whole episode on the others, including World Endurance, yes. because WEC deserves. Oh my gosh, it's so cool! It deserves more conversation. It about does, it. and Super Formula. I mean, yes. I love WEC. I don't know why I'm pointing at you. I'm like, yes, yes. Super Formula. <laughs> yes. So yeah, we will have discussions about other racing as well. Even though this is a Formula One car podcast, mm-hmm. it is important to talk about other other series because it yep. is not only Formula One in racing. Yep. We love motorsports. We love a lot of motorsports. So you're going to have to hear about that. And you should love them too. You don't have to love them as much as Formula One. But they're worth it. They are definitely worth a watch. So, And I'm excited for our feeder Formula conversations. Me too. Me too. Yes. Ladies. Goodness gracious, did we only do an hour and a half today? Olivia's going to be so proud. (gasps) I know. I know. This is Killed where she it. tells us, like, guys, there's not Killed 45 it. minutes worth of content. It's like, well, this will just be a shorter episode then. I think we'd covered everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. I might remember at 2 a.m. that, oh, I meant to make that point, but oh well. DeVries. <laughs> DeVries didn't have a great performance. Liam Lawson did. Sergeant needs an extra season to cook, though it's clearly developed. And Oscar Piastri just cooked right from the start. Oscar Piastri is the man. Yep. Our rookie of the year. Our the... future. WDC. Yes. 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 So. Yep. Yes. Excellent. Um, thanks for joining. And um, we hope you enjoyed our rookie discussion and that you will join us for our next one. Good ciao. Good ciao. <laughs>